The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should consider obtaining independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi everyone, welcome to this edition of Stock Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Nigel Finch. And joining me from Canberra is Tim Sheridan, Chief Operating Officer of the ASX-listed Managed Investment Trust Rural Funds Management under the ticker code RFF. Now, real estate investment trusts have long been seen as a safe haven investment, but they've been battered firstly by the 2007 global financial crisis and now COVID-19. And over the past few months, we have witnessed a sell-off in Australian real estate investment trusts that has been fast and brutal. COVID-19 has triggered tenant turnovers, bankruptcies, and rent revision cycles that will likely continue for several more years. And the commercial real estate sector is looked to, uh, well, permanently change with the demand profile for office space falling away as companies move their employees towards working from home. Investors need to understand that not all real estate investment trusts are created equal. RFF is a real estate investment trust with a difference. RFF is a key player in Australian agriculture. It's profitable. It pays a dividend with a yield of about 5% and its share price has held up well while the rest of the real estate investment trust market has been savaged. To find out why RFF is different, let's talk to our guest. Tim, welcome to Stock Doc. Yeah, good morning, Nigel, and thanks for having me on the call. Can you tell us a little about the size and scale of RFF? Yeah, no, so um, I can. So firstly, Rural Funds Management, it's the manager of RFF. So Rural Funds Management has been operating in Australian agricultural assets for about 20 years, and we're both a fund and an asset manager. Um, RFF is our main fund, and it's a listed real estate investment trust. It was listed on the ASX in 2014. And that listing was uh, the consolidation or merger of three unlisted unit trusts that RFM had been managing for 10 years prior to that. And so the size of your assets under management and uh, and how long have you been operating? Yeah, so um, today RFF's got approximately $950 million invested in Australian agricultural assets. Um, and we've been operating those assets for, you know, some of them for up to 20 years. So almost a billion dollars worth of uh, assets. Well, can you explain what RFF does with those assets? You know, how do you make money for your shareholders? Yep. Uh, So RFF is a rural property landlord rather than an operator of assets. Um, So our fund strategy is to own uh, productive assets that are leased to experienced counterparts. Um, It's through leasing of these assets that RFF is able to provide stable returns to investors. And we lease these assets to a range of domestic and offshore um, companies, most of which are listed on uh, exchanges. So there, you know, clearly it's an agricultural play, but just so listeners can understand, um, if we think about a conventional uh, real estate trust, you're basically taking an asset, doing some improvements to it with the view of getting a higher rental income. Is that sort of what you guys are doing? Yes, when we uh, look at 
assets to acquire in Australia, um, we look at two types or two categories. The first is uh, natural resource predominant assets. So they're assets where we believe we can acquire them and improve the productivity of those assets. So say, for instance, a cattle property, um, we may acquire a farm that is underdeveloped and we will deploy capital over the first few years to improve the carrying capacity or essentially run more head of cattle um, per hectare. And as a result of that, we will get higher rents into the future. Um, and then the other type of asset we look for is assets that we believe have a higher and better use. So that may be, say, converting a cattle property to a permanent planning such as an armoured orchard. So, Tim, you know a little bit about farming growing up on a farm. Can you tell us uh, a little bit about your background and experience in, um, in these markets? Yeah, um, so I grew up on a, a family farming business near Wagga Wagga in New South Wales. Uh, it was your typical family farming business, so it was a, a mixed uh, grazing and cropping enterprise. Um, and it was, you know, through those those early years that I really developed a passion for agriculture. Um, so following on from that, I went to university uh, and post-university I ended up at RFM and I've been working here for the last 13 years. Tim, can you briefly talk us through the top few investments that you hold? Yeah, two largest sectors by revenue are almonds, which they represent about 45% of our total revenue, and cattle, which is about 30% of total revenue. Um, over the years, we have developed some quite significant assets. Uh, probably one of the, the largest is the development of 2,500 hectares on a property called Carabri in western New South Wales. And that property was a grazing and cropping property that we converted to almonds and leased that out to Olam uh, for a period of 20 years. And I guess it, it's been those investments, Nigel, that um, have really assisted the returns RFF has generated over the years. When you acquire an almond orchard, you also acquire significant amounts of water entitlements. So I think in total, the fund has about 100,000 megalitres of water entitlements, which in recent years have experienced very strong capital growth. So, Tim, you've got a lot of experience in um, in these agricultural holdings. So when you're selecting an agriculture investment opportunity, what, what are you looking for? Yeah, so it depends on the type of asset or the type of sector we're investing in. So if it's, say, a cattle property that we're looking to acquire, we look to uh, for highly reliable areas and areas where that we think a lessee can make consistent returns. Um, and when we're looking at those assets, we want to choose assets that we think we can improve the productive um, characteristics of that property so we can run more cattle per hectare. So areas or farms that have low-hanging fruit that we can go in and change either the management style or add additional watering points or, in fact, convert land from, say, native grazing pastures to fodder production. Um, if we're looking at a permanent planting, we, we want to invest in areas where the, the commodity can thrive. So, for instance, an almond orchard, we need to invest in, uh, you know, semi-arid desert-like situations where there's lots of water entitlements. So we plant our almonds in western New South Wales and we make sure when we acquire the assets, we have sufficient water that can water those assets for the duration of the crop. So clearly you guys have to take a longer term view on where you think agricultural produce markets are heading. So what trends are you seeing in uh, globally in things like almonds in, 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 in cattle and beef? 
Yeah, so we only want to invest in the sectors that Australia is, uh, is competitive in, essentially. Um, think sectors that don't require large levels of labour or um, industries that have become highly mechanised or, for instance, like cattle, um, a sector that you can muster 10,000 head of cattle with very few people. Um, so we're, we're not trying to compete in, in areas that um, labour is intensive or that can be grown everywhere around the world. So, for instance, um, almonds, I mentioned before, it can only be grown in certain areas around the world. Um, Australia and, and California in the US is the largest producer of almonds, and they are one of only two areas, really, that you can grow almonds uh, at these high yields that we're able to achieve in Australia. So, Tim, you've been obviously watching this agricultural market for your, your entire career. What's, what, what are you starting to see is happening with agricultural valuations and what appetite are you seeing from potential acquirers in this current climate? Yeah, so in recent years, almost all agricultural assets have experienced very strong capital growth. Um, and, and this outlook, it's been driven by favourable season conditions and high commodity prices. Um, I, I guess in, in northern Australia, we're seeing um, large family farming businesses paying up for the neighbouring farm. Um, so that is driving asset growth. In southern Australia, we're seeing overseas pension funds paying up for permanent plantings and broad acre cropping properties in proven areas. So it would appear it's a good time to own rural property assets. Um, and that, that's something that we're consistently monitoring. And so why are you seeing this... Um increased interest from institutional investment in agricultural assets? Yes, strong commodity prices and good prospects for growth in, our, in a lot of our export markets. Um, Australia's food is viewed very highly around the world and food security is at front of mind for most. Um, I think we're also, we're in a low interest rate environment and this is having a twofold effect. Um, it's seeing investors both domestically and overseas, they're seeking alternative returns in assets such as agriculture as it provides uh, positive diversification for their portfolios and it's a sector that has uh, strong fundamentals. And we're also seeing the you know, family farming businesses within Australia that are happy to step into new assets because interest rates are so low. And all of that being said, Australia's farmland is still predominantly privately owned and and this, I, you know, I strongly believe, provides a lot of opportunity for RFF to make future acquisitions in the future. I note that you've undertaken two transactions over the past year. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the history of these assets and, and how the company has performed? Yeah, well, I think the first acquisition you're probably referring to is uh, the release of a Rewon, uh, a cattle property in central Queensland. So this was a property that we acquired in 2016. Um, over the first few years of owning that property, RFF deployed about $1.5 million in capital to improve the carrying capacity of the property. Um, and last year, we released that property to AACO for 10 years based on the much higher carrying capacity that we were able to achieve. So that investment, um, it's looking like it's going to make RFF investors a, a levered IRR net of all costs of around 19%. So it's been a very good investment and it's a great verification of our strategy to invest in natural resource type assets that we believe we can improve. So I know that you've announced uh, another asset is now being marketed. What's the thinking behind this? 
Yeah, so we've recently announced that we're going to test the market for the Morale property. So um, Morale is an armoured orchard that we developed in 2006 and it's been leased out ever since. Um, it's been a very good asset for us, but higher prices um, have been paid for neighbouring properties in you know recent months. So we thought, you know, we're fund managers, so we, we thought it was best to test the market. If we're able to um, sell that property at the levels we think we can, um, we'll redeploy that capital into other sectors where we believe we can get higher returns. Um, so, you know, we're just, I guess, doing our job of being fund managers and looking at the next opportunity. Well, let's talk about some of these emerging opportunities. So what are you, what are you seeing in the agricultural markets that you're watching? Yeah, so in um, southern Australia, land and water prices have increased significantly. Um, so I'm not, we're not seeing many opportunities to invest uh, in those areas at present. Um, when we first listed RFF in 2014, we undertook significant development of almond orchards in the Murrumbidgee uh, River system. Uh, however, since that time, water prices have probably tripled, so we just can't get the return. So we're no longer, um, or at present, we're not investing in those areas. Uh, that being said, um, I'm seeing a lot of opportunity in northern Australia. So we continue to find assets where we believe that we can improve the productivity of those assets um, or we can convert those assets to higher and better use. So, for instance, um, we had a cattle property which we had revalued in our half-year um, December accounts. And that property was uh, called the Natal Aggregation and we'd owned that property for about two years and during that time we've been able to increase the value of that property by about 20%. So what, uh, what metrics should investors be looking at to better understand the progress of your company um, and also to you know, make assessments around the valuation? Yeah, so RFF only pays out of a, a portion of its free cash flow. Um, so we're paying out currently around 80% of the cash that we're generating or AFFO. Um, and then from that, we're able to generate a distribution yield of about 5.7% on the current trading price. Um, RFF has a long lease expiry and our lease expiry is 11.5 years. So that um, that's quite strong in the sector. And those leases are to very um, highly credible lessees. Um, so that we've got a lot of ASX listed companies or large global uh, processes and that are in that are leasing assets of RFF. Um, all of our lessees have got in annual indexation mechanisms, and over forty percent of our lessees have market rent reviews, which is providing scope for our distributions to grow at four percent per annum. And that's something that we've been able to do since we listed the fund in 2014. So, Tim, what announcements can we expect to see over the coming quarters from RFF? Uh, investors would have received in the last couple of days uh, information on this quarter's distribution. So that distribution will have a record date of 30 June and it will be for 2.7 cents per unit. Um, hopefully, uh, we can provide an update on the, the marketing of the morale property in the coming months. And then we also expect to release our full year uh, FY20 results in August this year. And hopefully at that time, we can provide an update um, as to any acquisition opportunities that we're looking at or the redeployment of capital from the sale of the poultry assets that occurred late last year.
Well, thank you to my guest, Tim Sheridan, Chief Operating Officer of Rural Funds Management, for joining us for this edition of Stock Doc. And you can stay in touch with us through our Stockhead website. And if you haven't already done so, remember to subscribe to our twice-daily newsletter for ASX market coverage, company profiles, and industry insights.